Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Bill Harris. Bill, are you ready to do this? I am, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's let, let's do this. Bill is an RMA. He's a CFP. He's the co-founder of WH Cornerstone and the author of Inheriting Your Spouse's IRA, The Widow's Guide to Keeping More of Her Assets. I'm excited to have you on. Bill, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So, George, I'm on a workcation right now on the island of Nantucket. It's off the coast of Massachusetts. It's got great whaling history. I'm an outdoorsman, so it's like living in Scotland. I can go out hiking every day, and I love to do uh, fishing. And uh, not a lot of fishing going on this type of time of year, but I can get the gear ready. So it's a great place to be during all this craziness. And... Uh, my work, I'm a certified financial planner. I specialize in helping widows. As you mentioned, I have the new book, Inheriting Your Spouse's IRA. And you'd think this topic would be pretty simple, uh, but when you look at the tax code, it's, it's an event that just keeps getting mishandled all the time. So I'm on a mission to help both the advisor community and the public um, and just school them in what the do's and don'ts are of inheriting a spouse's IRA. I'm fond of saying that 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 sounds easy, but does or, but but does hard, and it sounds like this is this is one of those things. It seems like it's a pretty simple thing, but but there's probably a lot of ways to sort of screw it up. So why not sort of set the stage for us and kind of give us a, a scenario of here's unfortunately what will happen, and I, I guess is 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 there a time frame that somebody has to to make a decision about this kind of thing? Yeah, this this time, and it depends upon how you do it. So I'm going to just start, like in if if you grab the book in the early pages of it, there's a tax court case, and I'll just kind of lay it out um, real briefly. It was it was a a midlife widow in the early 50s. She inherited her husband's IRA, and she was advised um, to roll it over to her own IRA. Soon after that, she needed money, and she took money out, and she reported the income. But what happens when she rolled it over to her own IRA is now her IRA. And if you or me, if we're under age 59 and a half, we take money out of our IRA, we're going to get hit with a 10% penalty. And so when she did this, um, she lost the ability to take money out without paying a penalty. So there's what's called a spousal rollover, and there's what's called an inherited IRA. And there's some other things that you can do in this area as well. And so, again, she was, you know, misadvised didn't know the rules and lost a great opportunity. And again, it was, it was some big numbers. They went to tax court and uh, she ended up paying big fines as well as income tax and everything else. And uh, so it's, it's a simple transaction when you know what you're doing, but a lot of people unfortunately don't know what the rules are and it ends up costing them. And again, the tax courts are full of this stuff. So, Hmm. um, so, once once you make a decision you 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 can't unmake the decision she couldn't just move the move the money back into her her deceased husband's IRA nope so again this this you can roll it over to an inherited IRA it's a, it's going to get a little complicated but sure. you can roll it to an inherited IRA and then move it to your own IRA um but if you move it to your own IRA that's irrevocable it's now your IRA it's stuck in there it's it's so there's nothing else you can do at that time and that's where we see a lot of people making that mistake, and it usually happens with with a younger widow. 
Yeah. Okay. So the, 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 the fundamental rule is with qualified accounts like a 401k and IRA, there's all these different kinds of accounts that if you are um, younger than 59 and a half, if you just take money out of an IRA or a qualified plan, you're going to get hit with a 10% penalty on all the money that comes out. That's, that's correct. That is correct. If you're under 59 and a half, if you take it out of your own IRA, you're going to get hit with a penalty. But again, if you're in an inherited IRA, so they're kind of different animals. Uh, the inherited IRA is going to allow you to take out money without paying a penalty. There's an exception for it. Um, so that's why it's getting into that status is important thing. Got it. It's a big mistake for me to simply move the money into my IRA and it doesn't sound like I can designate my IRA as an inherited IRA. So it's it's probably a pretty simple process. What I need to do is just open a new IRA and make sure that I'm checking a box and telling the company that I want to open up an inherited IRA. That is correct. That is correct. And then And again, if you're over 50, 59 and a half, George, it, it would it's okay to move it over to your own IRA um, because then you'll have all the, the benefits that the tax code, you know, bestows upon you in that area. But if you're under that, yes, it's, it's pretty much it's checking the box, creating an inherited IRA. The inherited IRA would be titled, you know, John Smith deceased uh, for the benefit of George. Um, and so this is just some, and again, the custodians will know how to do this, but that, that simple task is often getting, missed and most people are just rolling it right over to their own IRA and it's causing a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 10% is, is, is a pretty, it's a substantial, it's a substantial amount of money. So, um, and, and then once I do successfully create an inherited IRA, it's titled properly and all that good stuff, then I avoid that 10% penalty when I take money out. That's correct. Okay. So let's let's go through uh, let's let's go through a quick scenario here. That let's assume that I'm 65 years old. My wife's 55 years old. I pass away. Uh, my wife does the proper thing by opening up an inherited IRA, rolls the assets from my IRA into the inherited IRA. She's taking money out of it now. She avoids the 10% penalty. Is she still paying tax on the money? Yeah, she'll pay income tax on that money, as would anyone else. But she won't pay the 10% penalty. Okay, got it. What if in, in, another little thing I just want to add in there? There's something called required minimum distributions, and usually, if you inherit an IRA from someone other than your spouse, you're required just you know to take money out of there. And there's new Secure Act rules and all that other stuff that I'm not going to get into the details. But your your wife in that situation that you laid out doesn't have to take money out, and if she wants to, but she doesn't have to, and she won't have to until you would have been age 72. So she gets this kind of grace period in there. And again, when she, once she gets over the age of 59 and a half, then she would roll it over to her own IRA, and then she wouldn't have to do anything. Um, and again, you had mentioned in this case you were, you were like 10 years older, so that forced required minimum distribution later on when you would have been 72, once she rolls that over to her own IRA, she avoids all that. So it's kind of, again, these are, these are things that are only available to spouses uh, and no one else. Yeah, that's. A, I think that that's a really important thing there. So, so I'm 65. My wife's 55. If she were just to leave it in my IRA, she would need to start taking the required minimum distribution in essentially seven years, because in seven years I would have been 72 years old, 
And then that's when she's legally obligated to start taking money out of the IRA because the government wants to start taxing taxing the money. Uh, but if she were to roll it over into the inherited IRA, then that would be alleviated. She would not have to start taking money out seven years later. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I just want to let's go down what what should happen in that case. Unfortunately, George, we're going to kill you off again, and then she's going to roll she's going to roll that to her inherited IRA, right? So it's in an inherited IRA right now. She doesn't she can take money out. She won't pay any income tax. Well, I mean, she'll pay income tax. She won't pay any penalties. Um, she does not have to take required minimum distributions. But when you would have been age seventy two, then she should start taking required minimum distributions. But in this scenario. When she turns 59 and a half, she's going to want to roll that over to her own IRA, and then she won't have to take any required minimum distributions until she will be 72. I see. If she leaves it in the inherited IRA, then she's going to have to start taking it out when you would have been 72. Got it. And again, mo- most people aren't aware of that. It's only available to spouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does uh, that does sound simple, but definitely uh, there's just a couple of extra moving parts, and it's not it's not super complicated, but it is just a matter of making sure that you're tracking all those things. So, okay, so I'm 65, my wife's 55, I pass away, she rolls the money into an inherited IRA, and then in four years, five years, just for round numbers, when she's 60, she rolls it into her own IRA. And now no longer needs to worry about taking required minimum distributions in two years when I would have been 72 because it's now in her name and she only needs to start taking the required minimum distributions, RMDs, when she turns 72? That's correct. Got it. That's correct. Did uh, we get it all figured out or I'm sure that there's... We, we got it figured out. That's good. I, I, I always like to avoid complexity in podcast, but I guess we went there. No, we're, 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 we're going straight into it, Bill, right, right into the teeth of it. Um, so we, we had Paula on the show who, who is your wife and she talked about how she is more expressive and you're more analytical. What are your thoughts on that? This, this is true. I should probably <laughs> told you they call, call her people person. They call me spreadsheet guy. So this, this is very true. So when 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 you're when what how how do you approach having these conversations with client who are going through this extremely traumatic event? Um, walk me through that process of of balancing what we just talked about with how to successfully communicate it to people so that they can make a good decision. Yeah, and, and George, for us, every case is different, uh, um, and sometimes we, we have advanced knowledge, and I'll make up an example, like someone might be dying of cancer, and, we're, and they're already a client, and we're aware of what the situation is. Other times, they're coming in, you know, sometimes soon after their spouse had died. Sometimes it's, it's a year later, like, they start to realize, like, this is a big deal, I need some help. So it, it, it really depends upon the situation, and but... You know, I don't want to dismiss the emotional side of this, and it's um, and, and again, a lot of times this, especially when we're not involved, there's some rash decisions being made. Like, I'm going to sell the house and move. I'm going to do crazy stuff. So we always tell people, no major decisions for a year. Um, there's some. Tri- I hate to use the term in this case triage, but there is some triage that needs to go on early on. 
and that is, you know, put out anything that's on fire. And again, that's you're looking at things like IRAs, um, and you're making sure like everything's set up the way they're supposed to be set up, and how the flow of money is going to get in. When a spouse comes in, and I'm going to use the 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 gender she and her and all that kind of stuff because demographically it's just a fact. I mean, men die early, and this is what we see most of the time. Um, the biggest question is where am I going to get money from them, and am I going to be all right? Um, so. I think every advisor has a different practice. We seem to get people who, the, when the husband had passed away, he was the money manager. He was doing all the finances. And uh, long conversations and I'll say forensic work of looking at statements and, and you know just making sure that um, you know, you're executing things properly. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and I think that that's very wise to counsel people to do their best not to make any major decisions for for a year and to think about it as as triage because I think that that's just a good way to think about it, um, and that people are are scared and obviously grieving, and they need to make sure that like where am I going to get money. And the natural response is just to, to try to find money in case of emergency, break IRA and get money out of it. Uh, and that's that's where mistakes are probably going to happen. So a matter of making sure that you understand where all of your accounts are. This is really probably, a, 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 for lack of a better term, a PSA for making sure that you're organized and doing your best to stay on top of everything all the time. Without a doubt. And two, I'll say kind of two universal things usually happen in this case, and we've heard it time and time again. A widow will say to us a year or two years later, like, I don't even remember making those decisions with you. And that's why we say you got to wait at least a year. Like, they just, there's so much going on. It's so overwhelming. Uh, they just don't even remember making some of the decisions they made. Um, and unfortunately, there are unscrupulous advisors out there and other characters that if, if someone's, if they're not in good hands, bad things happen. And the other thing I want to mention, too, and this is a, a, a kind of the happy ending, um, typically at some point in the future, we, we get a call from one of our widow clients, and it will be something like, hey, I'm taking a trip to you know somewhere with a couple of friends. And it's not that she's moved on or whatever the case may be, but you can just tell is, you know, they know that a page has been turned, and um, they're, they're moving on with life. Um, again, it's never going to they're never going to forget the life they had before, but it's just kind of, a, we, we see it often and we, we kind of feel happy when we see that situation. Yeah, of course, of course. You want people to have the peace of mind to, 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 to be able to move forward with, 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 with life. So I appreciate that very much. So for people who are interested in, in, in being proactive for themselves or, or perhaps for, for aging parents or people that they care about, who are, who are some of the, the, the parties that should be involved in in conversations like this to make sure that they're being proactive. So again, George, we're going to stress the term, be prepared. Um, and I'll just be blunt. Married folks are going to get hit with two things. They're either going to get divorced or they're going to be faced with a widow situation. And so it's extremely important to, I'll say, do the fire drill. Um, simulate this situation. And we do this with our clients and most of them kind of have fun doing it. Um, but you, you got to really walk through the situation. If one of the one of the couples doesn't come home one day, like, all right, how am I going to get money? Little things like credit cards. Credit cards oftentimes will get shut off. People think um, because they have two credit 
cards um, that they're, it's a joint account. It's not. It's owned in one person's name, and it will get shut off. So we've had cases where, you know, they, the stay-at-home spouse didn't have any earned income, and then the credit card gets shut off, and then they limit the amount of money. And we've seen some pretty wealthy people just get credit just completely cut off. So you gotta you got to simulate this, but I, I would – you know, just to go back to the question, who should they be dealing with? Again, at a minimum, I will say a certified financial planner and even more someone who has kind of advanced knowledge in this area uh, that knows what they're doing. And again, I'm going to pick on my fellow CFPs. I am one of them. But a lot of them think because they took a base exam that they know everything and they don't. And this is really a specialized area. And as I've been uh, rolling out this book, I hear from a lot of advisors like, I didn't know you could do that or I didn't know that happened. Um, so you want to make sure you have someone in that area that's, that knows what they're doing. And that goes for estate planning attorneys as well as CPAs as well. Most of them are pretty knowledgeable in this area, but you want to have someone that is knowledgeable. And again, you want to have the conversation, uh, if someone doesn't come home, how are we going to handle this? That's a very sobering thing right there. And that talk about a reality check that you're going to get divorced or you're going to be a widow, one, one person in a relationship. Um, that's a very sobering reality right there. So let's make sure that we are ready. And yeah, I mean, I can't think of too many more scenarios where it's more important to, to be working with people who are specialists in this area because, I mean, so many fine details that are probably just easily missed. And we've been talking about those today. Simple things that you think about like credit and banking. And I'm sure that it's a long, long list of other stuff that, that we haven't even touched on. Yeah, and George, just simple things like gather up your papers for a month, you know, all the mail that comes in, all the bank statements, all that kind of stuff. And, and again, I just tell this for people to go out, look at how those accounts are owned. Are they, if you're a couple, are they jointly owned? Or are they owned in one person's name? Are there beneficiaries named on them? We see that this is something else that hits the tax courts all the time. People do not name beneficiaries. It happens all the time. We got a call this week. Um, again, the the company had a simple IRA and they switched a custodian took over another custodian and so the spouse dies the 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 other spouse thinks they're inheriting the IRA and then they realize when they switch custodians like that they lost all the they didn't have the paperwork the original paperwork and now now they have a situation where it's going to be you know going to the estate instead of to the spouse and so these are just simple things that people can check on their own they don't need to hire a lawyer like just check your beneficiary forms um, I think it was years ago, it was Duracell that had change your clocks, you know, change your clocks, change your batteries. Uh, we always say change your clock, change your batteries, check your beneficiaries. <laughs> and it happens all the time. Just We just switched our 401k and, and my spouse forgot to name her beneficiary, which I, shouldn't have me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it just, you, you, you forget. And so you need this regular reminder to, to check that stuff. Beneficiary forms are a legal contract, um, and they avoid probate, and uh, a lot of people just overlook them, and it's a real simple step. And, and ownership is another thing. Like a lot of couples, you know, the spouse might open a bank account, and they just forget about it. But joint ownership is a very powerful thing. And, again, if you if it's more of a complex situation and there's other things going on, yeah, you're going to want a professional like an estate plan attorney, whatever, to make sure you have, you know, maybe trust are owning it and things like that. But it's stuff that needs to be reviewed on a regular basis. Appreciate that. Well, Bill, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? 
So I'm going to give you two uh, difference-making tips. One, one we kind of uncovered a little, and I'm going to call it the rule of thumb. Again, if you're a young widow under the age of 59 and a half, roll your, and you inherited an IRA, roll it over to an inherited IRA, um, and don't roll it over to your own IRA until you reach 59 and a half. The other difference-making tip is I'm going to call it the gap period. Uh, you have about a, a year after the year of death in which you can really do some planning in this space. So IRAs can be split, beneficiaries can be paid off and all that kind of stuff because the things I mentioned that are available to a spouse, she has to be a sole spouse. And so there's some things you can do in that gap period um, that can really make a difference in your planning. So that is my difference-making tip for the day. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Come on. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? So we, you can find out more about me at whcornerstone.com. I keep referencing the book. You can get a free download there. Uh, you can certainly go to Amazon and buy it as well. But uh, if you want a free copy, get it there. Again, we're on a mission to get this mess, this information out there. I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn, and I'm at Bill M. Harris at both those places. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bill your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go go to whcornerstone.com. Check out the great resources. Get a free download of Inheriting Your Spouse's IRA there. Find them on social media, and I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Bill. Thanks, George. Have fun. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.